Alright, everyone got their lists yep. ready? I do. Yep. Alright, sound. I'm ready to go whenever you are. Well, let's uh, let's do a quick intro for the listeners at home, folks. Uh, so, we're talking about sport today. Mm-hmm. We're talking basketball. We're talking baseball. We're Maybe. talking... What's that thing you Brits call? Pick up your feet. Sometimes pick it up and throw Soccer. it in. Soccer. Now that's a game. The beautiful game. We're talking football, basketball, baseball, golf, gymnastics, horse riding, mountain climbing, long distance running. You name it. The challenge of today's podcast is to list in order the top five hardest things we think it is for a sporting person to do in that sport. That is very true. Yeah, well that, was, that was a great intro. The I would never have the initiative to rattle off sports like that, like like you just did right there. I'd, I'd get like two or three in, and then I'd crumble. I'm trying to get this podcast into the top five charts. Oh, I see. We're just rehearsing. We got to get there. We we got a claim. Oh, I've been up in the trucks and all that. Well, there you go. You're all ready then. Well. I think we stick to the same order that we went in for the games. So, okay. Ross, I mean me, unless you want to switch things up, unless you want to throw a spanner in. Uh, let's, let's throw spanners. Um, let's go reverse order. <gasps> wow. Me first. Mine was me. Sounds good to me. Lewis first, then Kami, oh, then me. No. And start... Oh, shit for me, Timbers. <laughs> start with your most achievable. Um, My number beat. five. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Interesting. Well, for my number five, it's quite fitting. I have to shout out one of our listeners. Oh. Mr. Matthew Milne. I see. I know he's see. listening. He is listening. He is a, he is a listener. For, uh, oh, he's definitely, uh, he's probably on the run right now. Listen to us. Hello, yeah. Matthew. <laughs> Hope the run's going good. Uh, right, foot, <laughs> right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. What's that breathing technique? What does he do? In through the nose and in through the mouth at the same time? In through the nose, out through the mouth? What do you think? What's I he doing? Th- right? I don't think you can I don't think that is possible. I do in through the nose and mouth at the same time. No, you don't. <sighs> That's impossible. I do? It's I phys- do. it's physically impossible to breathe through your nose and your mouth at the same time. Where I promise you, it's done wonders in terms of when I actually get into running. I perform so much better <laughs> breathing in through my nose and mouth at the same time. This is crazy because as a science teacher, you should know it's biologically impossible. <laughs> when you breathe through your nose or when you breathe through your mouth, there's you like a it. little... Ross, no, listen, the, listen, the nasal... listen, 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 you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, listen to me, listen to me. And then we'll get right back into my number five. <laughs> this proves nothing. I'm just looking at you, struggling to breathe, really. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Anyway, we'll need to actually perform this in person, and uh, maybe it's for a different episode. But uh, for listeners who don't know who we are, and certainly don't know who Matthew Milne is, Matthew Milne is uh, a friend of ours. And let's just say he's not too shabby at running. No. It is to my knowledge that Matthew Milne will be attempting an Ironman this year. Is that am I correct? Uh, half Ironman. But yeah, very much. Interesting. Interesting. And if Matthew Milne completes that half marathon, then that half alone Ironman. is one of... <laughs> half half <laughs> Ironman. We'll get there, we'll get there. Cut that, cut that. 
if he completes a half Ironman, then that alone is such an amazing accomplishment because my number five in my top five things, hardest things in sport to do, is an Ironman triathlon. Mm. Now, a little bit of clarification. An Ironman triathlon consists of a 2.4-mile swim. That's a 3.9-kilometer swim. Followed by a 112-mile cycle, which is a 180.2-kilometer cycle. And then a marathon run. Now, I uh, am not too sure if it's in that order. I think I've got that correct. Swim, cycle, run. I think you're right, yeah. I think that's right. Um, The thought of doing one of those is, like, I can feel my body rejecting that amount of effort mm. just by looking at one. <laughs> to do all three back-to-back in the same day, I just, if, for those that have, have ever done it, that's um, for all those uh, Ironman listeners to this podcast. Uh, I just think it's, it's amazing. It is. Especially for your body to be able to do that. It's crazy. With the swim first as well, which is what I've been saying to my, um, you got to do that swim mm-hmm. first and then get on a bike wet, wet. go for a huge oh, cycle cool. and then somehow manage to convince your legs to do a marathon. <laughs> crazy do you think um do you think they stay in their wetsuit for the cycle uh i don't think so that seems ridiculous but maybe they do when do they change where do they change yeah another good question which i don't know because i've never done an ironman but possibly let's get get my yeah let's get my on here he should be on here already (laughs) (laughs) waste of time Oh. I, I'm thinking that as well. I think they would um, prioritize their time more and they're just going to put up with being in a, a bodysuit for the full thing. Because like, if it's a wet bodysuit, that's probably a pain to take off. It'd be like skin tight. Oh. True. I guess that's streamlined, so it's pretty good for cycling and running. That's true. That's also true. But could you imagine like the the, oh, the feeling of your wet bodysuit on a what if you take it off nice. and then you put the clothes on but you're still wet and now you just have wet clothes mm. wet oh. socks Ugh. wet socks would be the worst as well yeah squelchy this socks just adds to the challenge all, all this is doing is just cementing it for me in uh, my top 5 hardest feats yeah. in sporting history fair enough but that's my number 5 folks <laughs> very good very good addition. A very good way to start off the list, Lewis. Um, Kali, we move on to you with your fifth position, most difficult things to do in sports. Let's hear I think me and you have gone different directions in this. Um, I discriminate against sports. Um, I only think about the ones that I care about. <laughs> Sorry. Um, not to say that I don't. I, I completely like agree with you, and I think that is... Some, I couldn't even do 20 meters, never mind uh, triathlon, <laughs> Ironman thing. That's crazy. Um, but mine isn't necessarily athletically difficult. It's more, you know, just difficult. So mm. I've gone for number five, back-to-back nine darters. Oh! Now, I will say 
this was kind of a last minute addition, so the research is not great. Maybe it's already been done. Um, but from what I did see, uh, Gerwin Price a couple of years ago did a nine daughter and they did a perfect seven and messed up on the last two. Um, so I think I think I could be wrong. Sorry to jump in here. I could be wrong, but I think, uh, Phil Taylor has done a back to back nine daughter. Nope. No. Just, <laughs> just, just two nine daughters in the same game. So, yeah. Um, I've seen the same game clip. I don't know about back to back. Right, okay, yeah. On our expert Lewis is here. <laughs> yeah, just instantly corrected by Lewis. That's fine. He's, uh, he definitely looked at this one, I guess. I th- I think, yeah, as I said, this isn't the last time that um, nine daughters are going to be brought up in this um, in this episode. Um. I think that's a great shout because I, to my knowledge, when I've I've got something similar that's coming up, but um, back to back, mm. can you imagine the feeling from doing one alone? Yeah, the the feeling I get from hitting a triple twenty, which is never it's it's maybe once in my life, <clears throat> is like incredible. I'm like wow. Yeah, well, six one. I was just down staying with Ollie two nights ago. And he's just moved to a lovely new house, and he's fortunate enough to have a nice little games room um, with dartboard in it. And we were throwing some darts, and it's definitely put into perspective. Because we've played darts before, but not that much. It's definitely put into perspective how crazy it is for the pros to get up there and stand. Because we were definitely not standing the regulation distance. It's just a mark on the wall, you know, that we were standing behind. Um, a lot closer. But for those guys to stand however far away they're standing, to consistently throw these darts into the treble 20 area or like around, it's just mental. Because there were some throws where I just I was just focusing so hard and just trying to get close, like get a close grouping. And they were just, it just felt like they were going in directions of their own. And there was, there was a photo that was sent in of where one of my darts landed. It was in the back of the light that was lighting up the dart. I was. I wish I was, Kami. I was. (laughs) It's crazy. It's just, it's so insane. Yeah. It's obviously, darts is a funny one because darts is, darts is a bar game. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a a poor man sport. Um, Well, well, no, but come on. (laughs) If we're uh, if we're talking like like if you were to say golf is a rich man sport, which it is, oh uh, yeah, fair. Like, you just you see the board. Yeah, you go to a bar, you can you can easily go and play like darts, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. Or buying a dartboard isn't like isn't like extortion. Yeah, you can get it for like, like twenty quid. And... Yeah, yeah so, I, I hear you. I hear. I think, I think what is some because obviously to follow up on Ross's point. Um, I had when I was at McDonald's. I had a work night out, and it was a like a darts bar, and I was like, I've not played darts in years, and I just I threw one, and the feeling was like amazing. I was like, wow, that was born to do this. Um, and then I hit the hits a three. (laughs) You know, actually, I'm like I'm hitting outside the dartboard. I'm like, wow, this is it's such an amazing, amazingly challenging like game. Um. 
to hit the thought of someone hitting a nine dart is amazing. What I think adds to this challenge is the noise that must be going on behind you in a professional tournament. Mm. Because those mm. drunken crowds, like, obviously when you get the 180, everyone goes crazy. When you get the second 180, people start going fucking nuts. When it's your turn, your heart must be fucking racing. If you hit that first one correctly, everyone's going like, oh, oh. the second one, people, that it multiplies. To get that last one, you must be you must have to be so fucking So, boring. what does it sound like when you get the I second know. one? Whoa! What, <laughs> <laughs> that? Like, times a thousand people. I'm sure, yeah. And, and then you probably got your opponent, like, fucking tempted to throw all three darts into your back. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they're thinking. When I was watching the... Maybe not. This is Littler. Yeah, it was Littler versus Humphreys. In any time one of them got like two and then missed, they just got booed. <laughs> as soon as it was like people thought it might it's, happen, or they brutal. got the three and then missed on the next one, it was just like a thousand people booing. So knowing that if you like, you miss, <laughs> people can boo at you. Like, it's just so much pressure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. I, um, I think the back to back is even even crazier. Than just one. Uh, yeah, I think that's but, a um, great addition to put into this list. And yeah, if, if, it's, if it's not been done, even better. Because it can be done. Just no one's good It definitely can be done. It's probably it definitely done. Maybe be just done. not on a professional stage. Just in a pub somewhere. It's yeah. it's not even like like when a lot of people compare like hole in, hole in ones to like nine dollars and stuff. And, um, and like the hole in one. I feel like that's obviously like you've got to you've got to be able to strike a ball quite well, get it into. But there's a there's an element of luck to that. With a nine darter, I don't think there's as much luck. I think there's it a is, big accuracy. element of luck to hole in ones compared to nine darters. Yeah, because nine darters skill. Yeah, fair enough if you're playing in a like a professional major, like a golf major, and you're at that level where you actually can pinpoint your shot and you know you already know which way the greens are rolling because you played the rounds um before the tournament blah 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 blah. but most tolling ones i feel like are like people who are just out playing with their mates and then they manage to just hit a really nice shot and the conditions are perfect and it rolls in you know even if the conditions aren't perfect say it's on a windy day and you got a hole in one did you make the hole in one or yeah did the old uh the old gusty wind me that's what, sorry that's what i meant like the it, the ball just so happens to take the perfect bounce on the green. The wind's yeah. perfect. The roll's perfect towards the the hole. But, um, Interesting. but yeah, there's still there's still definitely skill there. But yeah, I definitely think it's luckier than a nine tower. Well, a great uh, a, another great number five. Great start to Kami's list. Let's move on to Ross Mitchell and his yep. number five. Okay, my. Number five is deadlifting 500 kilograms. I also think um, I also think I went in a bit of a different direction than yourself, Lewis. Mm. But uh, deadlifting good deadlifting 500 kilograms. Uh, so I used to watch the strongman tournaments with my good friend Elliot that I used to work with, and. At the time when we used to watch it, like two thousand, it would have been like two thousand and twenty, I would say. At the time, it was Eddie Hall, 
from the UK, mm-hmm. who deadlifted 500 kilograms in the strongman tournament uh, in 2016. And that was considered such an incredible um, point in history for strong lifts because it was the first time someone had... Now, I could be wrong, but I believe it was the first time someone had deadlifted 500 kilograms with a standard bar at a strong lifting tournament. Because you get different types of bars in, in these tournaments. You get like what's called an elephant bar, which is a lot longer, and you can like load more weight onto that and it becomes easier to lift because it's longer. Um, but in 2020, during COVID, um, a strong lifter by the name of Half Thor Bjornsson, also known as the Mountain in Game of Thrones, if you've seen that, uh, he was in his personal gym at home and managed to get the setting set up where he was going to make an attempt to deadlift 501 kilograms to just beat Eddie Hall and get the record. Mm. And he went and did it. And it was like recorded and, um, you know, done like professionally. And there was uh, officiates there to see it and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't see it as legit because it wasn't done at a, like a tournament like Eddie did at a tournament. And it was in like his own comfortable settings in his own gym and like there wasn't there wasn't people there to check that the weights were exactly 500 kilograms except from the officiate who was there there was a lot of like questioning around it but still it's crazy because he's now the like the record holder he he has lifted 501 kilograms as of 2020 um but yeah enough about them i think the most i've ever deadlifted would be 100 and that's an absolute stretch to the point where my back's shaking and my legs are wobbling. But um Yeah. Five times that amount is insane. Um I can't even imagine deadlifting half of that. Uh and I know there's a there's a common goal that a lot of pe- people do in the gym where they go for uh one what is it? Lewis you might know one plate on benching, two plates on um pressing three plates on uh squatting and four plates on deadlifting it could be completely different or different order but it's it's something like that it's, it's um yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot of weight yeah even even deadlifting the four plates i think is pretty crazy um, as an achievement so 500 kilograms is just insane to me half a ton put it that way yeah that's my number yeah. five um yeah, that was a that was a great monologue. Be proud of yourself. Oh, thank you. What kind of condition is Eddie Hall in right now? Um, he usually come with an infamous five hundred two, or is he past it? No, he, I think he's more on the TikTok grind than anything. He's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, he's crazy. He's just he's just coming out with all this social media content. It's wild. Him, I can't, I don't know who the other guy is that he does these videos with, but if you look him up on like TikTok or Instagram. You see him like reacting to like people who are doing stupid shit in the gym, like stupid challenges in the gym, and then him and his pal like making parodies of it and doing it themselves. It's so wacky and weird, and oh, man, it's crazy to think that he once lifted five hundred kilograms. I don't know. I don't think he could do it nowadays because I don't think he's like seriously trained like that in in a few years. But yeah, but yeah, they look so much like um, 
like a ball. That's like their body shape. They just look like yeah, a big ball. Like a big wrecking ball. Um, I would love to know what would just happen to their bodies if they just stopped eating. Yeah. Like when you're doing like intense training like that, yeah. you surely must uh, be eating I... like 10k calories a day. Something insane like that. Yeah. So imagine that just, uh, imagine that there was like ration. God, they would just turn into like big, saggy, deflated balloons. Sacks, yeah. What a thought. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm loving those inputs. Um, we're all very different. We got a f- we got another twelve to come. So strap in, folks. Uh, were you good for me to head into my number four? Go for it. Go for it. I'm not going to talk too much about it because we've covered a lot of it already. My number four. Um, I actually think Kami's way of putting it is better because I think that's much harder and I like it a lot more than what I've put. I've put to get a nine darter twice in one match, which has been I done think, twice. I think Phil Taylor has done. Phil Taylor <laughs> has done that. <laughs> Phil Taylor and Michael Van Gerwen are the only two to have done it in a professional tournament. Um, oh, fair enough. And God, like. Michael Van Gerwen is the biggest thumb-looking goblin <laughs> on earth. <laughs> but my goodness, he is a good darts player. And when he gets that second nine darter, if you could just like screenshot his face, uh, it's 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 a sight to see. It's a, it's unbelievable. It's like if your thumb <laughs> was just screaming at you. Damn, you got, a bit, you got um, something against Van Gerwen. I know he's got a couple of haters, but yeah, cool. He's on the guy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big. Uh, I'm not a big hater with a mighty, mighty, mighty Mike. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to speak too much about it because we've covered darts. We've covered how skillful you have to be to hit two nine darters in that one match. Is yeah. quite amazing. But Kami put it better. Uh, I'll admit, back to back nine darters would be something absolutely. That would be like legendary that would be spoken mm. of in all pubs for the rest of pub history Absolutely. all the poor men so i'm just gonna <laughs> swiftly pass the to- pass the torch on to uh mr kami for his number four nice right. uh so in 1962 oh that's for time <laughs> uh yeah will chamberlain scored a hundred points in an nba match mm. I think my number four is scoring more than a hundred. Um, wow, which is crazy because, like, I mean, you're lucky if a team scores a hundred points. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they normally score more than a hundred, but you know there'll be about 150, 120. But sometimes you only score about eighty. So for one player who's you know on and off the court to score a hundred points is kind of crazy. Um, obviously, you had Kobe. In 2006, he got 81. And more recently, in 2017, uh, Booker got 70. Wow. That, yeah. So they're that not far is, off that 100. They're not far off. It is actually insane. Because what, what's even going on in the team at that point? Are they just singling this guy out and being like, yeah, pass to him. Pass to him, it's he'll quite, score points. Um, it's quite interesting that you say that because I actually I consider this. Um, like a, a scoring amount in a single game of NBA. The reason I decided against it was could someone j- 
just think, oh, we're just going to pass to this guy so we can go for it. So you think that... You, Even did if you pass to him, it's still difficult. Yeah, sure. I guess my that question is still for, very difficult. for you is, do you did you not include it because you, you think there's like that element that would technically make it easier than the other things on your list? That could be, like could make it easier, you know? <laughs> Speaking to you, Lewis. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. I thought you were talking to Cali. Uh, repeat. Sorry. Go again. <laughs> Bro, it's daydreaming. Um, no, I... I was thinking about scoring one basket. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you said that you thought about um, mm-hmm. having this on your list. Is it because, like, of what you mentioned, that someone, our team, could just single someone out and pass to them constantly that could end mm-hmm. up making it... I guess in air quotes easier to achieve if they've got more opportunity yeah. to do. Um, Whereas like yeah, a nine so... dart, you can't really make it easier for yourself. You can't like stand closer. It's just you got to have that skill there. But if you're getting past two more, then technically there's more opportunity for you to get more points. That's exactly it, Ross. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you are right. It's the when I was thinking of like this, like the, we'll go back to the nine dart. It's it's you you've got to do it mm. um it's never gonna happen but see and see a basketball team some high ego amazing player your michael jordan lebron james wilt came into the locker room and said look there's this record i really want it anytime you get the ball give me the ball i'm feeling i'm feeling fire today i'm just gonna shoot every time i get the ball it, that's got to make it somewhat easier but i'm not going to take anything away because to score 50 baskets in that one game is an incredible challenge maybe not even 50 mm-hmm. score three mm. um well back when wilt did it there was no three-pointer wow Ooh. so it was two points from outside as well yeah he was like seven foot something so in... sorry yeah they just passed him they just jumped over people so that's even more crazy mm. Yeah, yeah. So in today's yeah, game, I think, I think that's right. That's mental because in today's <laughs> game, that could be like 130, 140 points. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he was much of a a three pointer kind of guy. Was he an absolute freak in the league? Yeah, like when you look was... at like the top, when you look at like the top ten highest games, he's like seven. Right. Wow. He's like he's like one hundred seventy eight, and there are a bunch of sixties. It's crazy. Right. Totally dominated the sport. Okay. An amazing challenge. Um, that is definitely, definitely well worth considering. Yeah, it's good. Happy to have it on the list because I also saw that when when looking into this. Um, but sadly, did not make it for me. Uh, no. Tell you what, did make it. Yeah. Um, to win a gold medal at the Olympics. Now. Oh yeah. Uh, the reason this is on my list, there's multiple different events you can do at the Olympics. I've not singled one out. But to get a gold medal at the Olympics for anything, you have to be the best in the world and you have to be better than everyone else there in order to win it. And I'm not entirely sure how the Olympics works, how you get into the Olympics, but I'm guessing that there's a a heap of like um, pre- preliminary tor- preliminary tournaments think i think if that's the correct word just give me the thumbs up there so i'm pretty confident uh that you have to come uh, uh, thumbs up all right 
qualifiers, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of different tournaments and qualifiers that you need to also win in order to uh, actually qualify for the Olympics. So it's just that much harder. But yeah, you need to be the absolute elite of the world or like classes the elite in the world to even get there and then to actually win a gold medal is just that one step further. However, the reason it's number four and not further up in my list after talking about being the best in the world is that someone has to win a gold medal, you know? So, and and for that reason, um, let's say you're, you've made it to the the archery event and you're competing with eight others or however many people are there. You you just have to be better than everyone else. Like there's no set goal that you need to achieve to get the gold medal. You just have to beat everyone else. So so someone is going to get that gold medal regardless of how good everyone is. And that's the reason it's number four because I see it as like there's not so much a bar that needs to be surpassed but more a threshold that you need to remain above. Um, which I think class it as as a less difficult task to achieve than my top three which we'll get to soon yeah i think that's <clears throat> i'm glad the olympics have been uh brought into consideration because the olympics is the the best athletes at what they do in the same place on the day um and i think i love i really like the way you put it that you just have to be better than everyone else mm-hmm. there to win it's like running, um, running away from a bear. You just need to be faster than the slowest guy. <laughs> right, okay. That's not landing. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Bear running in the Olympics. You never heard that before. How do you survive a bear attack? Just be faster than the slowest guy. The bear's going to get him first. Unless the bear's hungry. All right. Oh my god! <laughs> well, what's happening? It was a disaster. Um, but yeah, my goodness. What I will say uh, is, I'm very excited for the next Olympics. Oh yeah, I use the years, no? Huh? Ah, it is it's this, this year. year. No? Yeah, it's this I year. It is this year. Yeah, where uh, to- Tokyo. Tokyo. Paris. 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 <laughs> Man's got Japan think, on the brain. Uh, I think Tokyo, I think Tokyo was the last one. Paris is this one. Yeah. Um, Damn. But yeah, it's going to be cool. I think skateboarding's in it. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Lewis. Lewis. Number three. Still. So, my number three. This is a, this is a classy sport. You've got to have etiquette for this sport. Even if you are in the crowd, you've got to have good etiquette for this sport. I have never played this sport. Oh, I thought I knew what it wasn't up until... uh, What did you think it was? I thought you were going to say tennis. No, 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 no. I actually think you probably have to have a bit more etiquette to play this sport. Mm. Bad. My number three... (laughs) Bull right. <laughs> my uh, my number three is a one four seven in snooker. Mm, yeah, the one four seven break, now, crazy. The one four seven break. Uh, 
Now, quick clarification of what a 147 break is. In snooker, each color of ball represents a different point. Now you have to got to go red, then a colored ball, red, colored ball, until you get all the red balls potted, and then you've got to do the colored balls in a specific sequence. Um, now, to get the maximum break, 147, you have got to go red ball, black ball, every time you come back to that colored ball. So you've got to go red, black, red, black, right. red, black. You've got to pot 32 balls in a row, no missing. Every time you take a shot, that white ball, you, it's, it's, to me, it's like chess. Maybe not to the same standard of preparation, but you've got to think ahead of where you are going to get that white ball to, to land, I guess you'd say, uh, or roll to and then stop, mm -hmm. so that you can get a good shot on the black to confidently pot it. Um, now, the reason it's not higher, okay, and I don't know how much you guys watch snooker. I go through phases because I do really enjoy watching it. I think it's a great uh sport but the amount of frames one plays in a match varies but it's quite a lot then the amount of matches that are played in a tournament is also a lot the amount of tournaments in a year boys it's a lot <laughs> a it's been done 192 times in professional history wow you got Think about how many frames are played in just one match. Mm. Oh, there's a like billion. The 30? You, I think they usually play, uh, I think in like the lower rounds, it's like best of like 19, so it's like first to 10 frames. All right, okay. Um, I think when you're getting into the finals, that's when you get into like best of 31 or something like that. Right. It's, it, it's a lot of frames. Now, to pot 32 balls in a row, from the break, where you've got to hit all the red balls and they could go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And when you pot that black ball, that black ball goes back to the same spot every single time. Yeah, I think it's, I, it's amazing. I think it takes so much mental uh, like preparation and, and thinking aheadness. Thinking aheadness. What's that, <laughs> What's that word? <laughs> preparation. Uh, prefer uh, <laughs> forward thinking, forward thinking. nails it wet <laughs> from my head yeah it takes it takes a lot it must be hard on the brain i will just point out everyone's heard of ronnie o'sullivan ronnie the rocket i think he's done it 15 times jesus wow which is amazing mm. There was one time where he was... So if you get the 147 break in like a tournament, there's usually like a special award. And okay. there's one time where he is so close to getting the 147. He's got to pot like the black ball. Uh, there's like the black ball, the pink ball, and then one more red ball, and then all the other colors. And instead of doing the black ball, he pots the pink ball oh. so that he'll finish on 146. And the reason he did it was because the reward for getting the 147 was too low. Because he thinks it should be worth so much more. Wow. He thinks it's such a hard thing to do. So he did it to prove a point, which what is flex. like fucking, yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Um, but that kind of just shows how good he is at the game. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. The thing, 
Well, on, another thing with that is you've you've got to, I guess you've got to get the the break, in order to get set up for that, right? Because like if you, if you've not got the optimal, you know, position of the red balls to even start going for the one four seven, you know, you, it's kind of like heavily based around the black ball as well. So like if all of your balls are right down at the end after the break, then I guess it's kind of a lot more difficult. And I'd be yeah. uh. I can imagine there's how many red balls? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, maybe? Something like that. Something like Every that. Every break must be unique. Like, oh, must yeah. Must be completely unique. So, that's also pretty insane. It's amazing. It's it's such a cool challenge to do in such a good game. Yeah. You're definitely more into snooker than I am, by the way. I. I. Love it. I just watched the if it was on, and I was like off school, and there was nothing else to watch. Oh yeah, sure, I'll just watch the <laughs> World Snooker Championship. It reminds me of uh, of Nana's. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Well, kiss this guy there was it? I hope she's listening. I hope she has access to listen. That oh yeah, me. free access. Just oh well, everyone's got free access. But... Love you, Nana. Yeah. Oh, I gotta say it now. I love you now. Sorry, sorry. She's listening. <sighs> you know, I think it's the only sport Crandall likes. <laughs> oh God, I, I think so. Yeah, um, that's a touchy one. <laughs> he's not. He's not big into sports, but he'll watch snooker. Yep. Definitely not football. <clears throat> No, our granda uh, does not like the foot kickers. Nope, or soccer. soccer. That game, you, yeah. that game you call soccer. Wow. Anyway. Uh, number three from Cameron Ewan. On you go. My number three has not been done since 1999, but wow. I've gone up and improved it. So, in 1999. Josie Kilovert, who is a goalkeeper, uh, he's a Paraguayan, scored a hat-trick. Now, they were all free kicks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, I know. What? I was thinking, wow. like, and it, up until like 10 minutes before, I had just scored a hat-trick. And then I found out some guy's actually done it. Some crazy guy's done it, right? So I've gone for goalkeeper scoring a hat-trick and keeping a clean sheet. Because it was 6-1 in that game. Wow. Well, this is crazy. Wow. That is so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> and what spaghetti league did he do this in? <laughs> I think it was the Argentine league. Oh, it was some South American. Holy ah. moly. Scored a hat-trick. from. Yeah. Oh, this is a different guy that scored a hat-trick from the free kicks. Or is it this? No, he scored. The, this is the, the goalkeeper. Free, goal free, free kicks. Yeah. Oh, but uh, us. Oh, oh, I get it right. Okay, so this guy scored three free free kicks, but didn't keep a clean sheet. So you're saying that the challenge. Ah, yeah, yeah, I get you now. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever's goalkeeper is out there listening to this, get on it. Allison, come on, buddy. (laughs) Please. Any of you Argentinian low league (laughs) goalkeepers are thinking of. uh, Taking some Actually, coke he was, uh, and going, taking free kick, then he was, uh, he was to Liverpool. 
what this <laughs> this uh yeah this, he was linked with Liverpool. Yeah. How come we had a uh, David James? Wow. I wanted to replace him with this guy. Yeah. But the team refused. And then he sued, tried to sue them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Just amazing. Well, I uh, I'm gonna throw my uh, my opinion out there. I think it's a great challenge. I don't think it'll ever be accomplished. Which is no. What if you get three penalties though? The mm. goalkeeper. Well, yeah. the goalkeeper would have to be the designated penalty taker. Imagine, imagine, um, imagine Liverpool are playing. Allison gets injured in the fifth minute for whatever reason. You've got no backup mm. keeper. Salah goes in goals, and then you play the rest of the game. Three penalties, boom! Salah fires them in, keeps a clean sheet because you're playing some crappy team in the uh, I don't know some <laughs> some cup competition. And there you go. You say Man City. I uh, <laughs> I, uh, I <laughs> guys, I'm speechless in this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I usually know what to say. I'm I'm, lost. I'm I'm dried out on this one. All right. Uh, I hope it happens. It's, it's theoretically it, it is possible. Mm-hmm. It is possible. It's just yeah. It is possible. It's not that far fetched. Sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's good. It's good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, it's uh... well. If if that guy's done it by scoring three kick, three free kicks, and was one goal off of. Being having the clean sheet, that's pretty damn close. So yeah, I think it is possible. Yeah. Good stuff, Kami. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, this is Ross's. All right. So this one, I think uh, Kami will be quite interested in more than anything. What? <clears throat> and also, um. Yeah, I, I will uh, kind of rely on you a little bit here for some extra knowledge. But uh, as someone who has recently introduced me to the, the National Hockey League, my number three is for someone to score over 200 points in a single NHL season. Now, can I, uh, can I quickly ask? Yeah, go ahead. Is a point a goal? A point is... A goal, an assist, uh, and if you're a... Do you get a point if you're a goaltender and you make any play? No, is it just goal and assist? Goals and assist, yeah. There you go. Goal and assist. And Rip to all those uh, ice hockey goalies out there. (laughs) Yeah. Bozos. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Throw me that one, Liz. No, I, uh, (laughs) I think also... Um, you get like assist and then second assist, so I believe you get a point, no matter on which assist that you make. So if yes. you pass to the guy who passes to the goal scorer, you still got a point. Hmm. Um, uh, how ahead. many games are played in one season? I just want to get some. Here we go. This is where I'm relying on uh, Kami's input. What was that, sir? <laughs> <laughs> How many, dangerous. how many games are playing? Uh, how many hockey games are played in one season? Um, eighty-two. There you go. Yeah, you just trying to do the math to see. Average, yeah, you're gonna have to score about two point five points a game. 
Uh, sure, yeah. About that. Yeah, that is right. right. That oh, is, is right. That exactly right. Hold on. Let me, right, let's let's get the we're not far off. You said two point how many? No, you said right. You must be close to 2.5. 2.43. Oh, unlucky, mate. What? Round that down to 2.4, and Lewis is wrong. Anyways, there's only one guy to have achieved this feat. His name is Wayne Gretzky, who used to play for the oh-so-amazing Oilers. And he's not only the only person to do it, but he's also done it. One, count him, two, count him, three, count him, four times. Four ah. times this guy's done it. And you know what's even more insane? Is that he... Let me let me just rattle off a few things about Wayne Gretzky. Because Kami has told me so many things about this man. And I've never really appreciated how insane of a player he was until I started looking into this. So, in his whole career, he is the current, by the way. Uh, would you happen to know how long it's been since he's played hockey? Because he was born in 1961. So he's I... like 63 mm. now. I think maybe like late noughties, maybe 2000. Okay. So he stopped playing a you know a fair fair amount of time ago, and he is still number one for uh, the amount of points that anyone has managed to attain in their career with an astonishing two thousand eight hundred and fifty seven points. Um, and to this day, the next closest person who is still alive and playing is Sidney Crosby for the Penguins. I know uh, him. He's got. 1,543 points. Um, and he is number 12 in the in the history of the NHL. Now, one more thing I'm going to read off about uh, Wayne Gretzky is that he scored over 200 points when he was 20, 22, 23, and 24. And in, when he was 21 in that missing season, he scored 196 points. So almost 200. Almost got it five times in a mm. row. It's just crazy to think someone who is playing in this league at such like peak level, just absolutely dominating over and over again for five years. To have 2,800 plus points. That's insane. Even, even when you look it's at crazy. his number of goals as well. Madness. Compared to, you know, the current leaders in the league. Yeah. It's crazy because um, I, I would stand by this statement right here. I think Wayne Gretzky is the best at a sport. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's the best sportsman, but like, he's the best. I don't know how to word it. Like, you know, like you go, who's the best at football? You go, oh, uh, Messi, Ronaldo, Fat Ronaldo, uh, Maradona, Pele. There's like no, no standout. Right. Yeah. But like Gretzky, he's got more assists than anyone else has got points. That's excluding his goals. Right. Damn, that's he's just so much better than everyone else. Mm. If you say someone else, you're an idiot. Holy moly. That is so true as I'm well. Uh... 1,963 assists. And the next closest person in terms of points is some, uh, some guy called Yaromir Jaeger. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think uh, he's still playing. I, not in the NHL. Oh right, okay, that would make sense. 
He's got 1,921. That's still 42 points off of the amount of assists that Gracie's got. That is insane. I'm a, I'm an individual who um who likes to fight against uh, oh, here we go. people being like dominant in sport. <laughs> I, like when everyone was going about Tom Brady being the greatest of all time, it, it rattles me the wrong way. I don't like um, it's jealous. I'm an individual. I'm an, I'm an individual who doesn't like to be dominated. Um, so when you talk about Wayne, <laughs> when you talk about Wayne Gretzky and just how good he is, I, I, I have this natural urge to fight against it, but I'm, I have to, I have to just lay down and, and take, take this one. Um, so you're being dominated. He is. At this, uh, Wayne Gretzky is currently like. dominating. Yeah. Yes. Um, he wow. is, uh, I'm being dominated by Wayne Gretzky. I wish. Um, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, oh. I will. Um, oh, episode two, boys, we're <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, I have to admit, I don't know much about ice hockey. I like to watch the odd game. I don't like it. as I do like it, but I, I, I'm not into it as much as like you and you two are. You know, I'll watch it every now and then. I have to admit, hearing this, he sounds like quite, uh, quite, quite the hockey player. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Um, like, like I say, Cam, Cam has been obviously he's like way more into hockey than I am, but um, he's told me so many things. Like every time stats get mentioned, it's always like Wayne Gretzky pops up, you know. And I've always like had it in my head that man, he's the guy. But actually, looking at the numbers, like he actually is the guy. Yeah, he is. He's the yeah. he's, he's him. Man. He is him. He's yeah. Him. Is he alive? Uh, yeah, yes. He he's regularly shown um, in hockey games ah. that he's watching. Uh, like just I in the wonder, stands. I wonder if he just got onto the ice and started playing. If he would just, like, you know, he'd have to get in shape. But if he did, I wonder if he would just go and fucking dominate the league again. Possibly. If his knees hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... We're getting into the into the the toughest of the toughs. Oh yeah, this is my number two. And for those listening to me, I don't want to hear any smack said about Lewis Mitchell. I don't want to hear people Who's saying Lewis Mitchell. That, uh, I don't know. Albert the cow. <laughs> um, I don't want to hear any fucking comments about the like Lewis Albert cleans his pussy in the shower or whatever I, I don't care i'm talking about figure ice skating and i don't give a shit about what people say this sport deserves so the, the absolute <laughs> this sport deserves oh. the absolute credit <laughs> that it deserves and no one talks about it enough my number two ladies and gentlemen it's a quadruple axle in figure ice skating that's right it's not possible Yes, it is, sir. A quadruple axle is four rotations in one jump and land on ice skates. The first professional one ever done was completed in 2022. Damn. Ooh. And you know who? I, I highly recommend some 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 guy. Um, <laughs> I highly recommend. I'm gonna say Vito Moskovitz or something. Um, the guy. Who did it? I'm gonna highly recommend to anyone listening to me right now. You go and watch that video. 
you go and watch that video because your mouth will open as you watch him land it. It is quite the thing to see. Last year, we all went through a phase of um, ice skating. We did, yeah. Cammy, yeah. how do you find ice skating? Uh, exceptionally difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was your first time. And, um, and you do get better. But, like, watching these professionals on ice is, it's, it's breathtaking. Quite amazing. To land that four spins. I, I struggled to spin once on shoes. Mm. To do a 360, I think that's quite difficult. To do four spins on ice skates. It's it's amazing. This is in the air, yeah? Like the jump and spin. Yeah, so they've, they've got to jump, spin four times, and then land. Right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nuts. I think that's the second hardest thing to do in sport history. Damn. That's a big one from you. Can I, can I just say something here? Oh, no. He was 17 when he did it. So? Wow. Oh. No, no. Uh, like, <laughs> Lewis instantly on the defense. <laughs> I thought he was trying to, like, I thought he was going to say, like, so it wasn't that. It wasn't a major tournament. God, your guard is so high. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yes. first and only. Wow. Oh. Do we have his name? Do we yeah, have the... I wasn't fast. Ilya Malinin. I hope I don't ever get He's that in my life. American. He's American. He's American. Doesn't sound American. right, but son of Russian well, Olympic His parents are scares. And Russian by the sounds of it. Well, Elior, if you're listening, I commend you. There you go. You have Albert's commandments. <laughs> so be proud of yourself. Okay. Kami. Number two. Right. So, we're back to the ice hockey. Now, when Ross <laughs> brought it up, I was worried that you brought the same thing as me, but it's a different one. Nice. This is something that's only been done once. Um... And it was done in 1976 by a guy called Sittler. And it's to score 10 points in an NHL game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Sittler. Sittler. It's awful close. <laughs> it's very close. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Adolf Sittler. <laughs> sorry, 10 yeah, points in a single game. 10 points in a game. Gretzky's only ever scored 8. That's the most he's ever scored wow. in one game. Ah, so he's this, and this was in good. the this was in the NHL. It was, yeah. Wow, back in 1976. So obviously, times I think the players are better nowadays. So it's obviously much harder to do these kind of things. Like the goalies are more talented, the defensemen are more talented. Um, so it might never actually be done. But a guy who used to play for the Oilers, uh, he came back this season. Uh, Gagner, I don't know if you noticed him when we were. Um, no, <laughs> no, I did not because I don't think he's real. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat what, what he said. Gagner. I actually think he's. I think he's, I think he's actually telling the truth. Are you? He just kind of tells me. 
I am actually telling the truth. Yeah, it's I like think it's he's telling like the truth. Canadian French name, so it's it's pronounced different. It's like Gagne. Or... <laughs> such, <laughs> such bullshit. There's no way. I've never Gagne. seen anyone called Gagne or Gagne Tell me, I'm gonna, playing for the I'm Oilers. Gonna... There's no way. You know, I've well, fallen for Kami's he... uh, for Kami's wordplay quite a lot of times, but I'm I'm actually going to think he's telling no, the no, truth right now. No, I would have I would have jumped on it already as soon as you started doubting. I would have jumped on it. I think he's I think he's being serious. Okay, I'm being serious here. <laughs> Seriously, Sa- Sam Gagne. <laughs> <laughs> Gagne, that's name. It's it's Gag N E R, so right. it's like a Canadian French. So there's like a you say it different. Um, but he scored eight points in 2012, and that's like the most recent high scorer. Um, so technically, I mean, if you get lucky, mm. you get a few more. Yeah. Um, there's also a guy in 2008. Uh, he was a goblin. <laughs> God, God, that was your worst attempt yet. First of, first want, of all, you want to intricately that could have been intricately created, like Gagne. <laughs> there was this guy in 2008 called Goblin. Not even, not even just that. It was the instant laugh after you said it, while also covering your face, like just like blatantly lying. <laughs> Crazy Goblin, my favorite hockey player. Goblin oh. The thing is, though, is the challenge is there for the fucking players to go and get. Yeah. Even if it was done in well, the 70s. Just the other night, if I recall, uh, McDavid scored five points. And I feel like he's just doing yeah. that for fun. <laughs> and that's how Mostly, yeah, he's done like nine times or something. So just so a few more. Like a really good night. Yeah. Just you never know. Night. One night, yeah. The one night they could just go and fucking they couldn't go and do it. Amazing. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. My number two that I think is the most difficult things to do. Now, I have a lot to say on this because it's probably the one on my list that I did the most research on. So you're going to have to bear with me here. It is the perfect game in baseball. Uh, And for context, in baseball, a perfect game is a game in which the pitcher completes a minimum of nine innings with no batter from the opposing team reaching any base. Uh, This is very similar, but still different to the no-hitter, and I will get to that in a second. Uh, Just a quick fact on this. In 147 years of the Major League Baseball, there have been, now this is at the time of this research, 235,000 games, to be specific, 235,563 games, and this has only ever happened 24 times. Wow. Um, So just a little bit of info. There are multiple ways that um, any batter can reach first base. Uh, A batter can reach first base most commonly by swinging, hitting the ball, and having enough time to run and reach first base, and that is them safe. Uh, they count that as a hit, because obviously the batter is hitting the ball, it's gone out and they've reached first base, that is a hit. Uh, they can also reach um, first base by walking when the pitcher throws four balls, 
or they can reach first base by a I think it's a catcher foul, or ca I think it's called catcher intervention, with the guy who stands behind the batter interferes with the batter's uh, swing, or uh, like touches the bat at any time. If that happens, they get a free walk to first base. Also, um, if the batter is hit by the pitcher, um, that's also a free first base. So, any of those conditions... Um, allow the batter to reach first base um, and that's kind of where the difference is between a perfect game and a no-hitter game no-hitter game is just the batter preventing any batsman from reaching first base through a hit but this still allows things like walks hit by pitch um, things like right. that the perfect game is literally no one reaches first base at all um, there's two cool games I want to reference here real quick Harvey Haddix um, is famous for having what's called a near-perfect game. Um, and basically, the scoreboard for this game, is it, was, it was the Pirates versus the Braves in 1959. The scoreboard um, from inning 1 all the way through to inning 13 is zeros right across the board. And it was zeros right, right up until the bottom of the 13th. And the Braves scored one point with one hit. And the pitcher for the Pirates almost threw a perfect game until the Braves won it in the very last uh, inning of the game. That's Harvey Haddix's near-perfect game. Super close, but just didn't quite get it. And then another famous instance is Armando Galarraga's near-perfect game. Um, this happened in 2010 so actually quite recent uh, basically he was throwing a perfect game up until uh, first base umpire Jim Joyce who I believe is still um, umpiring today he incorrectly called um, a safe at first base when he was actually out oh. which prevented uh, Galarraga's uh, perfect game and awarded ah. one hit to the Indians when they were playing the Tigers. So that's super annoying. And he actually ends up speaking to him in like a post-game interview and apologizing. And I believe he <laughs> cried as well. So yeah, that was two instances of near-perfect games that kind of weren't counted, but are very famously known in that area. Two, actually, a couple more things that I really want to quickly talk about here is... I almost didn't say perfect game and I almost said um, something else called hitting for the cycle, which have either of you two got? No. Okay. Just before I steal someone's uh, option, <laughs> uh, <coughs> hitting for the cycle is also something else that's crazy in baseball and it requires the batter to hit a single, double, triple and home run in the same game. And the reason I want to talk about this is because there's so many crazy things that have happened with this. It's happened 344 times. Uh, the last one happened last year in August uh, to 28th. Um, someone called Jose Altuve for the Astros. And the cool thing about this is that there can be a natural cycle which is like a variant of this, which is hitting the runs from least to most points. So you hit them 
in a single, then a double, then a triple, then a home run. And there's also the reverse cycle, which is just the reverse of that. But then there's also what's called a home run cycle, which this is mental because this has never happened before. The home run cycle is a batter must hit four home runs, allowing for a solo home run, a two home run, or sorry, a two run home run, a three run home run, and then a grand slam. It's never happened in the MLB before. There are only 18 instances of batters hitting four home runs alone for that to possibly happen um, in a single game. And J.D. Martinez is the most recent to do so for the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers. A 13-0 victory in 2017. Finally, uh, there's a Grand Slam cycle. Nine players have hit a Grand Slam as part of their cycle. Uh, And then there's the walk-off home run cycle, where six players in history have hit a walk-off home run as the final hit of their uh, cycles, which is crazy. Ah, That was just like... Yeah, just a little bit I wanted to mention, because I came across it when looking at this stuff. But the reason I chose Perfect Game is because it's only happened 24 times. Um, And that cycle stuff is kind of like all merged into one, you know? But yeah, Perfect Game in Baseball pretty insane to do and if you're lucky enough to witness it then count yourself lucky because it never happens very nice it's it's a crazy feat i think hitting uh, a home run just one looks incredibly difficult because of the precision you've got to have for those those pitches from those professional pitchers yeah to come at you bugging 100 miles an hour it's absolutely insane they are speedy well, All right. Our lists so far have been diverse, unique, and um, very interesting. Very great conversations held. We're on to our number ones. Thing that we think is the hardest thing to do in sporting history. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. Here we okay. go, I think. My number one. It's never been done in the modern era of the sport and it has been done once in the 1930s i think 1930 bang on by a mr bobby jones my number one hardest thing to do in sport is win all four golf majors in one year now in the modern era the golf majors are the masters the US Open, the Open, and the PGA Championship. And now, this Bobby Jones guy won it before the Masters was a thing. So the tournaments that he won were completely different. I think the US Open and the Open were a thing, but I think the other two majors weren't a thing. Now, everyone knows the Masters. It's played at Augusta every year. You win your green jacket for winning it. It is such a difficult course. So I think him not having that in his list of four majors that he won, it's a write-off. It's a joke. He's also playing in the 1930s, where clubs were wooden. Uh, you know, ghosts come techno- technologically. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So far, 
uh, <laughs> over just the last like twenty years, it's amazing. Drivers these days look like things out of like a like a like a movie. They look like absolute monsters. They're insane. The the precision and science that goes into it is actually really interesting. Um, another point, and I don't want this to be taken as like me being like like racist. I don't think it is racist. Um, the nineteen thirties. No, listen. <laughs> Tiger Woods, considered possibly the greatest golfer of all time, probably wouldn't have even been allowed to play golf in the nineteen thirties. Probably not. Oh, so this Bobby Jones, yeah, definitely not, because it's like you know, you, you know, sure. So Bobby he Jones worked. won. Yeah, so Bobby Jones won when it was just a bunch of old white guys playing <laughs> after work. You know, it's so <clears throat> what I'm talking about, and you know who's come the closest to doing it in the major, like in the modern era. Mm. Is it Woods? It is Tiger Woods. Yeah. Tiger Woods won three Damn. of the four. That's annoying. In that one year. I think there's maybe someone else who came really close. I can't remember who it is. Um, but I just think, having played a fair amount of golf myself with uh, with co-host Ross Mitchell, mm-hmm. um, it is such yeah, I like to hit the ball. a hard... It's such a hard sport. Um, and to be good enough to play it at a professional level, you've got to be very, very good. To beat everyone else on the day, which again, I know we've spoken about, like, you just have to be better than everyone else. The only thing is, is like, this is 18 holes, and if you fuck up one shot, that could be your chance of winning. Over. Aren't, aren't majors even more than 18 holes? Sometimes. 18 holes on the day. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Seventy-two holes because they play for. Yeah, they usually play for uh, a four-day major. Yeah, so it's, so it's seventy-two holes times four across the yeah times four. Win it each time. Yeah, Calm that's a that's a good one. I I definitely agree. Golf is not easy. Golf makes me mad. I don't play <laughs> golf anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a golfer anymore. <laughs> It's yeah, it's amazing. I I hope it happens someday, but I, I honestly don't think there'll be another player like a golfer like Tiger was. So I don't know if it will happen. Hmm. Who knows? There could be some rising star. Four years old, just un just unboxed a brand new set of golf clubs for his Christmas. His dad's Oof. forcing him out to the, out to the course every Sunday. That's how you get good, isn't it? That's how you get good. You and get if he's listening, forced into it. And go and do it, please. Yeah, sure. Go and do it. Yeah, All right, sure. nice one. Good number one pick, Lewis. Good, t- Thank uh, you. good list overall. Very nice. Thank you. Kami, number one. So, this is a tough one because it's you know the hardest thing. Um, up until this morning, uh, the hockey one. Was my number one. Mm. Wow! But I've uh, I've changed it for one that I think is uh, very good. Um, so in 1968, Jim Hines was the first ever person to reach sub 10 seconds in the hundred meters. 
Flash forward to 2009, uh, and the record that is now still set was uh, 9 seconds, 58 milliseconds by Usain Bolt. That record's never been broken. Bolt's come close to it a few times, but... So my thing is to do a sub-9 second. I think wow. 20, 30 years, if, you know, bodies adapt and technology and medicine you know, diet and stuff. Don't see why not. Yeah, Possible. absolutely. Records are made to be broken. Um, Could you imagine going that fast? Yeah, that is actually mental. I know. <clears throat> do you know who but does? It's do you... crazy. It's probably... Probably what? It's probably not possible. Once you, like, look into the finer details, like, oh. it's probably, like, you have to go, like, as fast as, like, a... I don't know, because I know it's only like 50 milliseconds, but like it just, to even cut milliseconds off is crazy. Yeah. Like if someone was to do that by like five milliseconds, they go, wow, that's, that's mental. To, to do like half a second. Because like you see like the um, analysis videos of his run and he's like, his form is absolutely perfect, isn't it? Like his foot is like yeah. the perfect yeah. distance off of the ground to um, reduce any wasted energy uh, which is like I guess it's like quite minuscule in the grand scheme of things but it's insane like how like those little details are picked up in, in his run how he how he does it so well in that run pretty pretty insane stuff do you remember do you remember watching him do it um I I can't say I do to be honest no I think I, I think I was watching it Oh wow! Lucky I you. think I I think it was on TV when it happened, and I was like watching it. I was like, I think huge just happened. <laughs> it was either that, or you definitely just see, watched it and was like, oh nice, well done. And I had yeah, no it was idea. Like a, re, a replay <laughs> on TV, like 20, 2012 or whenever, like four years later. <clears throat> like wow, nice. It, it's a great. It's it, I mean, it's iconic. Everyone knows it. it is. Mm-hmm. So I think to yeah, I think to beat. Nine seconds. That would be white. That'd be very difficult. Maya, yeah, if you're listening, that was a new challenge for you. Oh, can he sprint? <laughs> I actually don't know. I've never. I don't think I've he seen can run him. Far. I've seen him sprint in football, but like you know, do you think I, you could beat him in a sprint? Maybe we could. That'd be something to hold against him. <laughs> I don't. You I can run far. Yeah, my God, can that man run far? But um, I don't. I don't know about pace. I mean, I feel like his. If he's if he's out there on a Saturday morning doing a park run, you know, and mm. he's going for number one, I feel like his Dude. pace during that five k might match my <laughs> almost <laughs> my sprinting speed. So I don't I don't want to yeah. I don't want to make any claims here. Not to take anything away from him because he's quite like out of everyone I know, he's quite. It's quite. It's actually quite. When I go on Strava and I look at, I'm, I genuinely look at, him, I'm like, wow, that's, I know him, it's crazy. Yeah, I've ran, I've ran I, with I, him. I know this Strava like celebrity. Two seconds, <laughs> then he was gone. But like, I ran, I ran in the same race as him. Um, but how tall is my? Ah, uh, ooh, I would say six foot. His legs are quite long. His legs are long. Yeah, it's gotta be some kind of. Well, sounds like genetics to me. 
Um, like if I just had longer legs, slap a few inches on the bottom of them. See, see, I was the same. See, I was the same height, but had longer legs. Yeah. Wow. What's your point here? <laughs> <laughs> I just think I would. I would be a bit better. I think the long legs help. I. I. I yeah. However, I. I think he's got to have air sacs like a fucking. Like, yeah, that's crazy uh, lungs. That's uh, one no, condition horse. body. Horse. Oh, they got, lungs. They got yeah, good. I think they moved their mind. Yeah, yeah. They're just we'll big, horse. aren't they? <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're pretty big. Well, there you go. Yeah, nice sub nine second, one hundred meters. Pretty insane. Uh, sticking in that category. Funnily enough, take us home. Take us home. My number one most difficult uh, feat to achieve in sports is to beat the current marathon record, which is a feat on its own because it is the only marathon pace that has been done under two hours, which <clears throat> alone is insane. Um, it is one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds to run a whole 26 mile, 26.2 miles. So in order to run a marathon in under two two hours, already is mental. Um, but to to go ahead and just do it, do that one extra bit and beat this this guy's time. His name is I'm gonna murder this pronunciation, but it is Eliud Kipchoge. I will say that's how you say it. Yeah. All right, Lewis. How do you say this guy's name? Is that wordplay? Is that are you trying to catch us out to say something? No, that's his name. Can I look it up? Yeah, go ahead. Try. I'm not joking here. Go this ahead. Is, this is not a place for uh, uh, this is not a place for catching catching you. <laughs> <laughs> His name is is Jim Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> like Mr. Goblin. Oh, it's um, okay. The uh, um, the guy who's run the fastest marathon ever run. His name is Eliud. Mm -hmm. Keep joking. Yeah, that's what I said. It is, yeah, it is what you said. Uh, yeah, only person in history to run it under two hours. Um, I think putting your body under that insane um, physical stress just over that distance alone is, is mental. Um, but to be able to do it to such an extent that you can get around that much distance in under two hours is just even more insane. Uh, which I will never do in my life, I can tell you that. But it'll be great to see more people do. And, yeah. God, man, Matty is getting mentioned in this episode, but maybe he'll do it one day. Like you say, Kami. Maybe. As uh, as people as this, uh, as this people grow, uh, more training and technology becomes available, who knows, maybe maybe that will become more achievable. And I know, uh, I know he's, oh, he'll need to correct me on this one, but I believe he's done a sub-three-hour marathon. That's definitely that's definitely what he was going for last time that's he did a marathon. Extremely impressive as well. Yeah, like just completing one is impressive, but like doing sub something. Hmm. Yeah. My apologies if he if, if you've not done the three hours, but I, I he'll, he if he hasn't, he definitely will. That's for sure. Um, He's definitely capable. It's um, yeah. We're pushing you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there Maybe we go. Maybe we can coach him. No. Just run faster, no, we'll run bike. faster. We'll, we'll be on bikes, we'll be on bikes, it's fine. That's what uh, 
What's, think, his favorite, he, what's his favorite food? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know about carrot. Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get the carrot. Now I'll say. Um, Maybe we can. I'll say. I'll say some form of pasta, pasta bolognese. He likes to carb load before races, you know. Or, uh, oh, maybe maybe something with a white sauce, actually. Like a carbonara, I think, is more his taste. Maybe we get a fish hook. Bit of a rigatoni carbonara. Mm. Hang it in front of Matty's face, and then we... <laughs> one, of us, one of us pedals away. Yeah. Yeah. And we pedal at a, at a pace of sub three. We pace him with... with... Rigatoni Carbonara <laughs> on the back of a pedal bike. My, if you're listening, if you've made it this far, let us know if that's something you're interested in. <laughs> we can concern this we can out. Arrange it. We can make that happen. Okay. Well, I think it's safe to say that Matty's name has been mentioned about 50 odd times. Yeah, we're going to need to get him on the show one time. If you are, uh, if you are also a listener, um, please let us know and we'll start working you into feature <laughs> Exactly. Nice. That concludes uh, our top five difficult, most difficult things to do in sports. Right there. Very interesting lists. Um, but I think very relevant lists. Definitely. I love that. Yeah, that was um, that was really good because we've all got different different uh, opinions and different thoughts, and we also like a lot of different sports. Um, and I think that was. You know, none of us are right. None of us are wrong. Exactly. They're yeah. all yeah. quite like impossible challenges to go and do. Some amazing people have done them, and I think we've uh, we've really brought that to light. Yeah. I just hope. Uh, I just hope that people listening enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing. Oh, well, there you go. There's not much well, more to to say than that. That was perfect. No, please keep listening. Please support. How can they support? Uh, they can follow the podcast wherever mm-hmm. you get your podcasts. But right now it's on Spotify. But you know we can look into expanding because it's quite it's um th- through where we publish, which is through Spotify. It's quite easy to get onto like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. So mm-hmm. we can definitely look into so wherever that you get your podcast. Exactly. Yeah, just give the uh, give the give the old podcast a. Uh, a follow and you'll be notified when we release a new episode and jump right Please. in as the early bird yeah we've got ideas we've got a lot of ideas so please listen and yeah Lewis is uh, Lewis is available now because I've got I've got a lot to talk about I got a lot exactly we all have a lot to talk about let's stop rambling and let's finish this up uh, we'll say goodbye goodbye Goodbye.